Amen. Wasn't that good? What a happy day that's going to be. And I tell you that, you know, last Sunday we went to camp and those kids woke up. They were so happy. Boy, they were so glad to get to go to camp. But one day we're going to wake up and we're going to be in heaven. And boy, what a great day that's going to be. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7. I tried to quote this verse three or four times and I butchered it this morning. And uh, so I'm going to read it to you and get it right because I don't want to mess up what God has made right. And everything about His Word is right. Amen. And uh, His Word is holy. His Word is true. Uh, of everything that is wrong in the world, the one thing that we have that is correct is thus saith the Lord. And I don't want to mess up the Scripture, but this afternoon the Lord just uh, consumed me with this verse. I wasn't going here tonight, but the Lord changed my heart. Uh, we talked about this morning the, the past and the foundation of this nation, the greatness of this nation. It has been asked and asked and asked over and over again, can God do it again? Can God do it again? Second Chronicles 7, verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will hear, hear, excuse me, heal their land. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I pray that we would apply your word to our life. Lord, I pray that you'd give us the strength to get the understanding that you desire us to have. Lord, I pray that you would revive our hearts and our souls. Lord, this verse is a verse of revival. Lord, I go back to when the psalmist David said, Lord, will thou not revive us again? Lord, we look in our country and we ask the same question. Lord, will you not revive us again? Lord, may we be reminded tonight that you want to revive us, that you want to restore us, that you want to save us. But Lord, it's going to be us having to turn to you, Lord, and to seek you. And I pray that it would start right here at Promised Land. I pray it start in my heart, Lord. Lord, revive us. Lord, give me the strength that I need to preach this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on the formula for revival. The formula for revival. Can God do it again? Yes, He can. Can God make this nation great again? Yes, He can. Can God bring about revival in our midst? Yes, He, yes, he can. And I think one thing about revival that we need to remember is it's not us waiting on God as much as it is God waiting on us. And I think Nineveh is a great example of this. And Nineveh was a city that nobody cared about. Uh, Nineveh was a city that no preacher wanted to go preach to. Nineveh was a city that all of God's people, Israel, just wanted them to be destroyed. They'd been happy if God just watched them upon the face of the earth. But there was one person that wanted to save them, and it was God. It was one person that had a desire for revival in that city of Nineveh, and it was the Lord. When everybody else gave up, God had not given up on Nineveh. And I want you to know that a lot of people has given up on this country, but I think we need to be reminded that God has not given up. God has not given up on us. God has not given up on the United States of America. And if we are still here and we're still around, that, and God has a desire for revival in this land. God can revive the United States of America. 
God can revive us. I want to tell you about a revival that's going on. I've shared this with some of you. But New Hope Baptist Church is an independent Baptist church in Burlington, North Carolina. I believe May the 8th was Mother's Day. The very next day they started uh, a five-day revival. A young man, 34-year-old preacher, C.T. Townsend, was brought in an evangelist and began to preach. And that week, I don't know if they had any souls saved, but they had just tremendous services. They had just a tremendous time. And God's people began to have revival. God's people began to repent. And they had three or four hundred every night in this revival. It went so good, they said, let's go another week. So they went into the second week, and people began to get their heart right. And it wasn't that many people got saved. It was that God's people began to get right with the Lord. Well, then the third week is really when souls began to get saved. And it got so good the second week, they said, let's go to number three. And so they went to the third week, and they began to have two or three every night get saved. And then before they knew it, they were having seven and eight get saved. And then before they knew it, they were having 14, 15 every night get saved. They began with 300 people. And the fourth week they went, they had 1,200 people in that church building that only sat 800. And they said, we got to do something. But it's so good, we cannot stop it. And so you know what they did? They got a big tent. And they got a big tent. And the owner of the Toyota place there in town said, I got a 20-acre field. Won't you come and set up this tent? So they went into week five in the tent, and they began to have numbers of over 1,500 and 2,000. Now they've just finished their eighth week of revival, and they're averaging three or 4,000 people. They've had up to 5,500, and they've had over 500 souls saved. And I've watched some of these services, and it's amazing to me because it's old-fashioned preaching, Old-fashioned singing. It's old-fashioned worship services. He gets the true Word of God. He preaches the truth of God's Word. And I believe Friday night they had 40, 50 souls saved. They're not doing this any, this, they're not doing any kind of the repeat after me prayer. They're not doing this easy believism. I'm telling you, it's the truth being preached. And it has encouraged me. Man, I'm telling you, it, it has set me on fire. And I've been praying for them and praying that it keeps going there. But I pray some of that over here in Arkansas. Man, I pray for that revival fire. And to see that and to see what is going on there, I'm reminded that, yes, God can do this again. Yes, God can revive us. Yes, God can turn this around. So what's going on here? How do we have... Revival. Well, the verse says here in verse 14, If my people which are called by my name, notice who this formula is given to. Okay? This is given to the people that are called by His name. Now, at this time, He's talking to King Solomon. And He's simply talking about the nation of Israel. Now, we know things have changed, and now we're living in the age of grace. And now this specific message can be given to the church. At the time, it was given to the nation of Israel. If my people, which are called by my name, the nation of Israel, were the people of God. And I want you to know now that the nation of Israel has been turned over to a deaf ear, and now they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, and now the church exists for the purpose of bringing God honor and glory. And I want you to know the people of God are the church today. I want you to know the people of God are those that are saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
and those people that have given their life to Jesus, I want you to know that if you're saved and you're baptized and you belong to a local New Testament church and you're serving God, this message is for you and it is for me. If my people which are called by my name, friend, this is given to us as a responsibility. He gave it to Israel as a responsibility. I believe it's given to the church today and it falls upon us as a responsibility. May I tell you, as a child of God, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to our nation. We have a responsibility to our families. We have a responsibility to God because we're, we're called by His name. Aren't we? I hope you are. <laughs> and if we're called by His name, then this message is for us. Here's the formula. Notice what he said. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Number one is humility. He said, if you're going to have revival, you're going to have to find some humility. You're going to have to humble yourself. Now, the message here was to Israel. And he told Israel, is you are going to have to humble yourself. Now, many times in Scripture, Israel was lifted up. And pride. And every time they were lifted up by pride, they fell. <laughs> and the higher you go, the harder the fall you have to experience. And I'm telling you, what lifts a nation up, what exalts a nation uh, uh, with their back against God, is pride. And so many times the reason that we need revival is because we've been prideful. And so many times God cannot revive us is because we're so prideful and we're so lifted up and so many things about the church today is about us and it's about people and it's about what we think and it's about uh, people getting lifted up and people being noticed in church. And you know, so many churches you go to today is all about people. It's all about the preacher or it's all about this one. And friend, that's pride. That's pride. As God's people, so much of our life is about us. But as a child of God, He said, you need to humble yourself. May I tell you, as the church, sometimes we need to humble ourselves. Coming here is not about me getting glory. And if I humble myself, I realize that, and I'll give the glory to Jesus Christ. Remember what John the Baptist said? He said, i got to decrease. i got to get smaller so he can get bigger. <laughs> and sometimes as the church, we get to the place where we are so much of ourselves and hung up on ourselves that we kind of push God to the side. And friend, that's what pride will do. But friend, the lower we get, the higher he will get. And then friend, if we will fall upon our face and we fall upon our face before God, then he is exalted in our life. May I tell you that he needs to be exalted if we are going to have revival. May I tell you that He's going to have to be lifted up and He's going to have to get bigger in our lives for us to have revival. I mean, God's people are going to have to empty themselves. Let's be honest. We get full of ourselves. I'm as guilty as anybody. Boy, look what I did. Boy, look at what He did. Look at what I did. Look at what she did. Friend, we need to look at what God did. And we need to give praise and we need to give honor and we need to put the notice and all the honor and all the glory on Jesus Christ. Hey, He's got to get bigger. If we're going to have revival, He's going to have to get bigger and we're going to have to get smaller. 
He said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. What's the formula for revival? Humility. We've got to get humble. Number two, he said, pray. Pray. If my people which are called by my name will pray. Wait a minute, don't we do that anyway? Do we do it like we need to? Do we pray as much as we need to? Do we pray as earnestly and fervently as we need to? Friend, I don't know about y'all, but our prayer life could always get better. Amen? I don't know about y'all, but everywhere in the Bible that I find that somebody got down and they prayed to God, things took place and things happened. I want you to know that uh, God's people need to pray. I mentioned this morning that people have asked me, Preacher, why are you always calling altar calls? Because God's people are called to pray. We are called to pray. We're called to fall upon the altar. We're called to call out to Him. Now, when you see this in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, in chapter 6, this is about Solomon. And the temple was just built. And I'm telling you that Solomon prayed a prayer of dedication over this temple, which is absolutely beautiful. And all this is in chapter 7 is God's response to Solomon's prayer in chapter 6. So in chapter 6, this man pours out his heart in prayer. Now notice chapter 7 and verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. Isn't that beautiful? Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. Now when Solomon had made an end of prayer, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Isn't that awesome? Notice what he said in verse 2, And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, this whole nation is watching this. Why has this occurred? Because one man called out to God. And when this one man called out to God, and he prayed, and he, and he asked the Lord for this power, and he asked the Lord for the presence upon the temple, friend, God gave it. And the whole nation could see the effects of one man's prayer. Notice in verse 12, if you with me, say amen. In verse 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard thy prayer. Isn't that awesome? He appeared to him and said, Solomon, I heard you. Child of God, may I remind you that he hears us. Why do we need to pray? Because he's going to hear us. He's going to hear us. Notice what he said in verse 15. Now my eyes shall be opened and my ears attend unto the prayer. My eyes will be opened and my ears will be opened unto the prayer. Hey, lost people can cry out all day, but God can't hear them because of the iniquity in their heart. But child of God, He hears us. Child of God, He will respond to us. Child of God, He will, if you seek, and ye shall knock, and ye shall seek Him. And I promise you, He will answer our prayer. The formula for revival humility and prayer. We're going to have to pray. You know what's so awesome about that revival in Burlington, North Carolina? is one solid month before they ever started. Every day, they had somebody at the church at every hour of the day praying. Now they're in this tent at 10 o'clock every single day, every morning. They have people gathered up there. They have hundreds 
for a prayer rally. It's just praying for revival. It's just praying. God, please save souls. God, please save. They'll spend two hours on the altar and then come back that night and have 50 saved. And then we act surprised. <laughs> they asked for it. And God gave it to them. Could it be today that if we ask God for revival, if we ask God to save souls, I'm telling you, we got burden enough to pray every day. If we got burden enough to pray three or four times a day, that He would revive us and save us and restore us, don't you think He'll do it? Friend, I want you to know that He'll do it if we will pray unto Him. And then He said, number three, if you'll seek my face, if you will seek me, let me tell you, the only one that can revive us is God. We So many times we reach out to, to different areas for help in our life. Friend, the only one that can change this today is God Himself. The only one that can turn this around is God Himself. And it's time that God's people acknowledge the fact that God is the only one that can change this. That God is the only one that can turn this around. If He is going to revive us again, then we must humble ourselves, we must pray, and we must seek His face. We must go to Him and say, God, I need Your help. God, we need You. God, we need You. Didn't He say in the book of Revelation, He was telling that church, He uh, basically uh, began to describe Himself, and He said, I'm the one that has the keys to the house of David. I can open doors that no man can close, and I can close doors no man can open. I absolutely love that verse. Do you know why we seek God for revival? Because He's got the keys to revival. He's got the keys to revival. I've got keys in my pockets. There's keys here that open doors. They open doors. You say, why do you have a right to that door? Because I've got a key. The key holder can go to any door he wants to. May I tell you, Jesus has the keys tonight. He has the key to revival. He has the key to saving souls. He has the key to turning this nation around. I'm telling you, God can do it. And there's not enough demons. There's not enough devils. There's not enough of any evil force to stop Him and prevent Him from doing what He wants to do. Because He's got the keys. He's the key holder. And every door that He opens, there's not enough power in hell to close them. And every door that He closes, there's not enough power in hell to open them. That's the authority He has. We need to seek His face. <laughs> He's the key holder. He's got the keys. Friend, He's got the key to revival. Y'all with me tonight? He's got the key to revival. He has the key to turning this nation around. And notice this last thing that He said. He said, If they shall humble themselves, pray and seek My face, and turn from their wicked ways. Here we go. Revival always includes some kind of sacrifice. And he told Israel, he said, you've got to humble yourselves, you've got to pray, you've got to seek me, but this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to repent. Wouldn't it be great for God to give us what we want without us ever having to change? Wouldn't it be good for us to get anything we wanted from God without us giving anything up? Let me tell you something. If Israel was going to have revival, they were going to have to set aside their false gods. If Israel was going to have revival, they were going to have to set aside those things that were between them and the Lord. You see, quite frankly, Israel had some things that were standing in their way having revival. They had some false gods. They had some false idols. They had some sins in their life. And if they were going to have revival, they are going to have to put it away. 
going to have to put it away. No, I know I'm talking to the choir tonight. I know I'm talking to the core, and that's why I'm preaching this message. Because the message that he gave was to the core. The message he gave here in Second Chronicles 7.14 is to the core. And this is what he told to Solomon. He given this to the king. He's already cried out. He's already prayed, but he's given him this message. He's already turned from his wicked ways. But he's talking to the choir here. And he said, I'm telling you, if you'll turn from your wicked way, if you'll let go of those, those things that are standing between me and you, if you'll let go of those false idols, I will revive you. I will heal your land. I will restore your land. I will restore the spiritual things of Israel. Friend, I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of things to be restored here. There's a lot of work to do. God can do it. How are we going to get there by God's people letting some things go? By God's people letting some false idols go. We worship so many false idols, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I put so many things before the Lord on a daily basis, and God said, you're going to have to start putting me first. You're going to have to repent, and you're going to have to get right. Could it be that if Josh Llewellyn repented and got right, and I'm telling you, I got to where God wanted me to be, could it be that souls could be saved from that? Could it be that God is waiting on me to let go of some things and turn from my wicked way before I can have revival? Friend, I want you to know there's some strongholds in my life. The devil's been great and powerful in my life. And there's some things that I need to let go of. And I believe as a whole, as a church, that there's some things that we can let go of tonight. That before we can have revival, before we let God revive us, we're going to have to say, here you go, God. Take it from me. I've learned this. You can't walk away from it, but He can sure take it from you tonight. I don't have the power to truly walk away from something, but He has the power to take it from your life that you'll never have it again. Church, that's what we've got to do, is we've got to turn from our ways. Our ways to turn to His way. Now, I want you to notice what he said. Everybody stand. Brother Norman, won't you come? We're going to prepare for him of invitation. He said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, notice, then will I hear from heaven. Church, may I tell you, he hears us tonight. He hears us. He hears our cry. He hears our call. I believe this world needs us to cry out on their behalf. We need to cry out on their behalf to the Lord. He said, and I will forgive their sin. I want you to know that God will forgive us. Aren't you glad He's a forgiving God? Amen. <laughs> Man, He'll forgive us. You say, preacher, this nation has been awful. There ain't no way He can forgive what this nation's done. He said, I'll forgive you. He forgave men of the dignity. One of the most wicked cities on the face of the earth, and he forgave them. Look at all the sins of America. I pointed some of those out this morning. Do you realize the power of God can forgive us of all of those evil things? Amen. If we turn from our ways, he will forgive us. And notice what he said I will heal their land. Oh, we stand in need of a healing. The healing hand of an almighty God. That's what revival is it's a healing hand. It's a hand that comes in and takes that which is broken and makes it whole again.
That's my God. And I want you to know that God can heal this land. This is the remedy. This is the recipe. If we want a healing for this land, we've got to turn to God. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to pray. We've got to seek His face. And we've got to turn from our wicked ways. This altar is open tonight. I want to encourage you to come to the altar. Pray where you are tonight. If you have a public decision, if you need a talk, I want to encourage you to come down. What page, Brother Hymn number 403. Page 403. As we sing tonight, would you come? <laughs>